Hey, welcome to the Central Westland Church Podcast. Thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you for downloading and thank you for listening. We hope that today you find God's Word to be encouraging, challenging, and inspiring your life today. We would love to connect with you through our Facebook page and Instagram page. All you got to do is look on Facebook or Instagram and search for Central Westland Church. Please know that we love you, we're praying for you, and we hope you enjoyed this week's message. All right, y'all, let's, uh, let's talk here. We got uh, two weeks ago, we started looking at John chapter 11, uh, where Jesus uh, raised Lazarus from the dead. In the, our story, we had not got there yet. Uh, we, two weeks ago, we talked about uh, where Jesus claimed and where Jesus said, I am the resurrection of the life. We talked about uh, the words, I am, that comes from the book of Exodus, and that is God himself saying to Moses, I am, will send you to Pharaoh to get the people, the slaves, out of Egypt. And when Jesus is declaring that I am the resurrection, the life, I am the light of the world, uh, I am the good shepherd, I am the door, I am the gateway, I am the true vine, when he says these things, he's basically saying, y'all, look at me, I am the chosen one, I am the Son of God, I am the Messiah sent from heaven to save your soul. We also talked about how God's timing looks a little different than our timing sometimes. And Jesus waited a couple days before he went to see Lazarus after he got word that Lazarus was sick. And how finally we talked about how all life, um, physical life, spiritual life, and eternal life is found in Jesus Christ alone. That was two weeks ago. Last Sunday, we spent some time praying for uh, some of our friends, some of our family members who needed some prayers, Um, and today we're going to pick back up in John chapter 11 to see what happens to Lazarus and what happens in this story. So, everybody ready? All right. Does anybody not know what happens to Lazarus? Just checking. Just checking. I didn't know if it was going to be some surprised people today, but either way, let's read. John chapter 11, starting in verse 20. Um, 23. So Jesus got word that his friend Lazarus had died. Jesus told the disciples, we'll go in a couple days. He said, this sickness will not end in death. Then finally, a couple days later, he decides to go, and this is what he finds. Uh, Once he gets there, he finds Martha. This is what we read here in verse 20. Go to 21. John 11, 21. Lord, Martha said to Jesus, if you would have been here, my brother would not have died. But I know that even now God will give you whatever you ask. Jesus said to her, your brother will rise again. Martha answered, I know he will rise again in the resurrection at the last day. Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. The one who believes in me will live even though they die. And whoever lives by believing in me will never die. Do you believe this? Yes, Lord, she replied, I believe that you are the Messiah, the Son of God, who has come into the world. After she had said this, she went back and called her sister Mary aside. The teacher is here, she said, and he is asking for you. When Mary heard this, she got up quickly and went to Jesus. Now, Jesus had not yet entered the village, but he was still at the place where Martha had met him. When the Jews who had been been with Mary in the house, comforting her, 
noticed how quickly she got up and went out. They followed her, supposing she was going to the tomb to mourn there. Verse 32, when Mary reached the place where Jesus was and saw him, she fell at his feet and said, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. You ever heard that before? Heard that line before? Lord, if you would have been here, my brother would not have died. Same thing Martha said, right? Keep reading. Verse 33. When Jesus saw her weeping and the Jews who had come along with her were also weeping, he was deeply moved in spirit and troubled. Where have you laid him? Jesus asked. Come and see, Lord, they replied. Jesus wept. Then the Jews said, see how much he loved them. But some of them said, could not he who opened the eyes of the blind uh, have kept this man from dying? So there you get the scene when Jesus gets to Bethany, gets right outside the village. Martha comes to him. Mary comes to him. There's some people there. Jesus cries. And there's some people that also question, like, is this not the same guy that calls the blind to see? Could he not have helped? There are two things I want us to look at in this portion of Scripture today I want us to think about. Um, two things. Number one, I want us to look at what Mary and Martha both said to Jesus when they saw him. Both of them said the exact same thing, right? Lord, if you would have been here, my brother would not have died. If you would have been here, my brother would not have died. I want us to look at two words in that sentence this morning. The word Lord and the word if. Now, let me tell you this up front before we start talking about this. I usually share this type of this scripture here at funerals we're not at a funeral today but i believe there's a lot of great truths that could be learned here by the words lord and the words if here's why i share this at a funeral one this is a funeral scene right lazarus is dead he's been dead for four days jesus shows up so everything that we see here everything that we hear from jesus everything that we experience with the word here in this section can help us out if we find ourselves in a place of mourning. We find ourselves at a place of loss when a loved one has passed on because that is what we see here. So we see Mary and Martha go up to Jesus and say, Lord, if you would have been here, our brother would not have died. The two words we want to look at is the word Lord and the word if. How many of you know those are two completely opposite words? If you don't know, let me explain. The word if is a word that looks to the past to change something that cannot be changed. Right? Martha and Mary both said, Lord, if you would have been here, my brother would not have died. Meaning they were looking to the past to change something that cannot be changed. The word if is a word that looks for a redo. The word if is a word that looks backwards to change. The word if looks at heartache and pain in the past. The word if is a word that looks at a missed opportunity in the past that you can't go back and redo over again. You ever have if moments in your life? My guess would be you have. There are probably times in your life, much like mine, where I've said... If only I wouldn't have said that. Right? It's just me. I'm the only one that says stuff I don't mean to say. Thank you. <laughs> I'm the only one that have to apologize for saying something sometime. Thank you. Or you could say, if only I would have said this. If only I would have been there. 
If only I wouldn't have been there. If only I could go back and redo that one more time. If only I could say this one last thing to him or her. If only I could do this. If only I could do that. Here's the problem with the word if. We see it here with Mary and Martha. It's okay to think about if. It's okay to say the word if. It's not okay to live with if. It's not okay to live with if. Why? Because if never changes. If never can go back and change what has happened in the past. If looks backwards. The problem with living with if is if if is not healed in the past, it will come up in your present today. That leads us to the second word, and that is the word Lord. It is the word on the opposite end of the, end of the spectrum as if. Why is that? Because the word Lord is the word that heals. The word Lord is the, wor- is the word that can go back and heal the past. The word Lord is the word that looks into the future and not looks to the past like the word if. Why are these two words completely different? Because one hurts and never heals And one can go back and do the healing that needs to be done. Here we see Mary and Martha come to Jesus and say, Lord, if you would have been here, my brother would not have died. I hope today you do not find yourself living with if. Living with regret of something that was said, something that was done, some opportunity that was missed some opportunity that was wasted, a past relationship, a past friendship. I hope you don't find yourself today living with, if only I would have done this differently. If only they would have done this differently. If only she would have loved me like I needed to be loved. If only they had not left. If only they had cared. Because if goes cannot go back to heal. But the good news is, is that the Lord can. The Lord can go back and heal. How many of you know that's the only way healing happens is when the Lord goes back in your life to heal past hurt, past pain, past trauma, past regrets. The only way it gets healed is from the Lord. Now you may be thinking, why is this important? Let me share with you why it's important. Because if any past hurt any past pain, any past regrets are not healed? How many of you have experienced they will come into your present today? Right? Tell me I'm wrong. Don't tell me right now. Tell me afterwards. But tell me if you think I'm wrong. How many times have we had a relationship that didn't end well? that was abusive, that hurt, they lied, they cheated, they stole, they left, they abandoned, and we try to forget about it, and we move on to a new relationship. But if that past pain is not healed, how many times does that pain resurface itself in a new relationship? Thank you. Mom and Dad, let me talk to you for a second. Mom and dad, how many of you know that your relationship with your mom and dad 
has the ability to affect the trajectory of your relationship with your son and daughter. Let me explain. You may be sitting here this morning and your mom and dad were not good people. (laughs) They didn't treat you well. They didn't love you the way you needed to be loved. They may have left you, broke your heart, broke a promise. Have you seen that pain and that trauma come into your relationship with your kids today? I think there's a good possibility. Because if past pain and past hurt is not healed, then it will come out in your life today. Can I be honest with you? If you hurt me, I'm liable to cut you off. (laughs) That's just the way I am. I'll not talk to you ever again. Like, I'm okay. My life will be fine. But I try not to do that because that's not what I should be doing and that's not what the Lord wants us to do. But if you hurt me today, say you hurt me bad, say you spread lies about me, you start telling people I'm a Duke fan or I love Coach K, you know, some of that kind of garbage. Like, just the worst, think of the worst thing possible you can say about somebody. Like, say you say that. And let's say you come to me and apologize. I'll accept your apology. I'll even tell you I accept, and I will accept. But I'll look at you sideways. Anybody else do this? Like you're waiting for them to do it again. Right? You're waiting for them to lie again. You're waiting for them to let you down again. You're waiting for them to turn their back on you again. You're waiting for them to leave again. You're waiting for them to to do the same thing they did before. I'll accept your apology, but unless that past hurt is healed, it will come into your present, and I'll look at you sideways just waiting. He's going to do it again. It may be six months. They'll do it again. It may be six years. It will happen again. The only way for that not to happen, for that past hurt and pain and regret and trauma in your life, for it not to come up in your present, is for the word Lord. It's for Jesus to do what only Jesus can do in your life. For him to go back in your heart. For him to go back in your life and to change your heart. Change your heart for them you can try all you want to to heal yourself from that pain you can try all you want to to heal from that regret and that hurt but here's what happens whatever you try to do to heal yourself once that wears off the pain's still there we try to heal from a bad relationship with a new relationship the pain's still there we try, to, we try to heal from a bad experience, from hurt, from pain, from trauma. We try to heal with uh, new people in our life. But the pain's still there. We try to heal with status and a, a, uh, a promotion. And we're doing better in life. We try to heal with busyness. As long as I'm not thinking about it, as long as I can do more and go places and see people, I'll be fine. There's going to be a day you wake up and that pain is still there right? We try to heal from that pain and that hurt with drugs and alcohol, thinking I'll forget about it. Guess what? That too is going to wear off one day, and that pain and that hurt will still be there. The only way you can heal is by Jesus doing the work for you. 
Why is that? Because you don't need healing by actions. You need heart healing. It's not more actions that's going to make you feel better. It's not the actions of the other person that's going to make you feel better. Right? If you do me wrong, you apologize. That's an action. If you treat me right for six months, that's six months worth of actions, but I'm still looking at you sideways, waiting. Like, they're going to do it again. Because it's not an action problem. It's a heart problem. Does everybody follow? It's a heart problem. That's why we need Jesus to do what only Jesus can do for us. Mary and Martha here was not in an action situation. They were in a heart situation. Their heart was broken. Their heart was feeling pain and sorrow. And we see Jesus Christ minister to both of them. We're going to talk about in just a minute. As only he can. And he and he alone can go into your heart. Can go into your life. And change the way you feel about someone else it's amazing that's how we love the hard to love people in our life is because the Lord changes our heart that's how we forgive the people that do us wrong because the Lord changes our heart that's how we give second chances and third chances to people that hurt us because the Lord changes our heart we don't need more actions we don't need more actions done to us What we need is the Lord to do what only he can do for you and I today, which is to change our hearts. So if you find yourself in that situation on either side as the offender or the offended, maybe you've done the hurting or maybe you've been the one that's been hurt. Can I encourage you to find healing with the Lord and not in the word if? If I wouldn't have talked to them. If I wouldn't have put trust in them. No, 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 no. Find healing with the Lord as only he can. He's the only one that can. He's the only one that will heal your heart by going back in the past and changing your heart and turn it towards people that have hurt you in the past. Amen? Second thing I want us to look at in this story is the emotions of Jesus. Is the emotions of Jesus. Um, Is there anybody here that's just like extremely emotional? Like you'll cry in a heartbeat. You'll get mad in a heartbeat. Sarah's raising her hand. You have an excuse. Are you raising Colin's hand? Which one is it? (laughs) Oh, he raised your hand. Okay. Y'all going to need some counseling pretty soon, I think. Um, all right, Jesus, look at the emotions that Jesus feels here in, uh, in John chapter 11. We see, uh, we see in chapter, or John chapter 11, verses 33, uh, 35, and 38, we see that Jesus' emotions were moved. We read in verse 35, which of course is the shortest verse in all the Bible. It is the one verse that every Bible college student always picks out as the one memory verse for a Bible class every year. It happens every year. I did it myself. We were told to pick out one verse from the whole Bible to use as a memory verse for that week of our first week of college. Everybody picked out John eleven thirty five 35 um, because it says Jesus wept. Um, and we all remember that pretty easily for the most part. Um, 
But we see Jesus weeping, we see Jesus crying, we see Jesus' spirit is grieved, we see that his spirit is moved, we see all these emotions here in Jesus in John chapter 11. Question, why did Jesus weep in verse 35? Why was his spirit grieved, why was his spirit moved in verse 30, uh, 38? Okay, I'll give you a possible answer. Is it because his friend Lazarus died? Tim jumping ahead. Tim read ahead. He read the homework early. No, it is not because his friend Lazarus died. How do we know that? Because in verse 4 and in verse 23, Jesus says, this will not end in death. Jesus tells the disciples, this sickness will not end in death. Jesus tells Martha when he first meets her, your brother will live again. Jesus knew Lazarus ain't going to be dead for long. So Jesus was not crying. Jesus was not weeping. Jesus was not moved in his spirit because of his friend Lazarus had passed. Is it possible today, let me give you two things. Is it possible that Jesus wept and Jesus was moved um, in his spirit because... Mary and Martha was feeling sorrowful. Is it possible that his spirit was moved because of their spirit was moved? Is it possible that Jesus cried because they were crying? And number two, is it possible that Jesus wept and Jesus' spirit was moved and grieved because of sin? Because of the effect that sin had on Lazarus, on his friend, because of the effect that sin has on you and I today, is it possible that Jesus knew the effect that sin has on our hearts and on our lives and he could do nothing at that moment except cry and move moved in his spirit? Can I tell you today two, two principles concerning Jesus' emotions? Number one, we're not worshiping a God that's dead. We're worshiping a God that's alive. We're not worshiping a stone carved image. We're not worshiping a wooden image that sits on a mantle and hangs out. We are worshiping a God in heaven that has a heart and his heart is for his people. And when his people hurt, he hurts. When you cry, he cries. When you find yourself brokenhearted, he's brokenhearted. When you find yourself in the valley, he's in the valley with you. When you find yourself in a stage of mourning, he's mourning with you. We're not worshiping a God. The Greek here, the Greeks in this time, their God, their perception of God was a stoic, unemotionless being that could not be affected by people. Why? Because if they were affected by people, then they would not be God. They couldn't show no emotions. They couldn't be happy, couldn't be sad, couldn't be angry, couldn't do any of that. Why? Because if you affect me, then you have power over me, and I wouldn't be God. Does everybody follow? That's not the God of the Bible. The God of the Bible says that Jesus has a heart, and that heart is for you, and that heart loves you. And when you hurt, he hurts. When you celebrate, he celebrates. Can you think of any other time in the Gospels where we see emotion from Jesus? 
Name me one. When he cleared out the temple, we talked about that the week before Easter. When Jesus was upset, y'all, he was upset when he turned the tables over and told the, told the people, said, my, my uh, father's house will be a house of prayer. You turned it into a market type deal. Jesus was upset. There's another time in Scripture where we see Jesus on a hill looking down at Jerusalem, crying because of the people. There's two times in Scripture. I got the reference here. One of them's in... Luke chapter, chapter something, chapter 7, and the other one's in Mark chapter 6. Here's what happens. Luke chapter 7, we see that Jesus, uh, the Bible says, uh, Luke says that Jesus was amazed. He was shocked. He was kind of taken back at the faith of a centurion. You had a centurion officer there who went to Jesus, wanted healing for, a, uh, for his servant, um, and he went to Jesus. He said, Jesus, I know you can heal. I'm a man of authority. I, people do what I say. They go when I say go. They stay when I say stay. You have authority. I believe that you can heal my servant. This was a centurion. It was not an Israelite, and Jesus looked at him, and the word says that he was amazed at his faith. There's a scripture in Mark chapter 6, verse 6, where Jesus goes to his hometown. And there are people there doubting Jesus. There are people there saying, is this not Mary and Joseph's son? Is this not James's brother? Like, who, like, is this guy really thinking like he can do what he says he can do? And it says there in Mark 6, verse 6, that Jesus was amazed at their lack of faith. Please know today that we are here worshiping a God that has a heart, and your life moves his heart. Why? Because he loves you. Because he cares for you. When I see people that I love hurting, I don't celebrate. I hurt. When I see people that I love celebrating, I don't go sit in a corner and cry. I celebrate. Why? Because my heart is for them. God's heart is for you. And your life has the ability to move God's heart. The second thing, the second principle at play here with Jesus' emotions. One, he's a real God with a heart. Two, where however, wherever you find yourself today, he will meet you wherever you're at. Notice how Jesus meets Mary and Martha. They both say the exact same thing, right? Lord, if you would have been here, my brother would not have died. But these are two completely different women. These are two completely different hearts. Jesus meets Martha. And she says, Lord, if you would have been here, my brother would not have died. To which Jesus replied what? Anybody remember? I am the resurrection and the life. He said, your brother will live. Martha was looking for answers. She found answers in Jesus. She was looking for the truth that her brother will live again. She found that truth in Jesus that her brother will live again. Now skip down a few verses to where he meets Mary. Mary comes running to him. Martha stood up and had a conversation. What did Mary do? Anybody remember? We read it. She what? She fell at his feet. She didn't stand up and talk. She fell down at his feet. While Martha was looking for 
answers, while Martha was looking for words, while Martha was looking for theology that Jesus gave her, Mary was falling at his feet, weeping, mourning, crying because her brother had passed. So how did Jesus respond to her? Did he give her some truth that can change her life? No. Did he give her some big theological answer that he will raise him from the dead and one day they'll live forever in heaven together? Nope. What did Jesus do with Mary? He cried with her. He cried with her. Wherever you find yourself today, the Lord can meet you there. If you find yourself in pain today, whatever you need, you need answers, he's got them. You need a hug, he's got it. You need love, he's got it. You need somebody to yell with, he's there. You need somebody to cry with, Jesus will cry with you. Whatever it is you need today, wherever you find yourself in pain and heartache and brokenheartedness and a struggle in the valley today, Jesus will meet you where you are and he and he alone is the only one that can meet that need in you today. We see that Jesus met Mary where she was. He met Martha where she was. Can I tell you today, God sees your tears. God feels your pain. And God moves to heal your pain if you let him amen if you let him he can go back and heal past and he can heal the present y'all let's get to Lazarus and then we'll be done <laughs> we've talked about this for two weeks and had not got to Lazarus being alive yet let's get to Lazarus real fast and then we'll be done Look at verses 38. Jesus once more was deeply moved when he came to the tomb. He, uh, it was a cave with a stone laid across the entrance. Take away the stone, Jesus said. But Lord, said Martha, uh, his sister. Uh, but Lord, said Martha, the sister of the dead man. By this time, there had been a bad odor. Anybody got a, a, a KJV Bible? Nope. I think the KJ, uh, I know, the KJV Bible there says that he stinketh. I love that. I'm going to start using that with TJ. TJ, get in the shower, kid. You stinketh. Those feet, stinketh. Those underarms, stinketh. Those clothes, they stinketh. Keep reading. Keep reading. Verse 40. Then Jesus said, did I not tell you? that if you believe, you will see the glory of God. So they took away the stone. Then Jesus looked up to heaven and said, Father, I thank you that you have heard me. I knew that you always hear me, but I said this for the benefit of the people standing there, that they may believe that you sent me. When he had said this, Jesus called out in a loud voice, Lazarus, come out. The dead man came out. I love that it doesn't say Lazarus come out, but it says the dead man came out. Unbelievable. The dead man came out, his hands and feet wrapped in strips of linen and cloth around his face. Then Jesus said to them, take off the grave clothes and let him go. 
Can I share with you this morning? Can I encourage you and challenge you this morning? Why have we been talking about Easter and the resurrection for four weeks in a row? Here's why we have been talking about Easter and the resurrection for four weeks in a row. One, it's the best time of the year. Two, it's the most important time of the year because indeed, my friends, I shared with you three weeks ago and I'll tell you again today, the resurrection changes everything. Without it, we're wasting our time. With it, we have purpose and a reason to worship, to pray, and we have hope of the future that we're going to heaven one day. The resurrection changes everything. Jesus is in the business. His job is to create life. We talked about this a few weeks ago. He creates physical life. You and I today have been created by God and for God, Colossians 1.16 says which means the person beside of you was created by God and for God. Even though sometimes they don't feel like they are. Even though sometimes they can be mean, sometimes they can let you down. You're a blessing from God, and so are they. Because Jesus creates all physical life. Jesus also creates spiritual life. Your spirit comes alive when you are in Christ. When you believe and accept and confess the Lord, the Word teaches that your spirit becomes alive and our spiritual lives start with Jesus. And then finally, eternal life is found in Jesus. We've talked about this last year, and we're going to talk about it again later on this year, how eternal life forever, heaven, is found only in Jesus christ without the resurrection we have no eternal glory what the bible calls the hope of glory there is no hope of glory without the resurrection jesus is in the life business that's what he does that's who he is he brings you life he brings me life he provided spiritual life for all of us he provides a way for eternal life for all of us so why have we been talking about the resurrection for four weeks because it changed everything and here we see that jesus says i am the resurrection i am the one that brings life i am the one that meets your needs i am the one that cries with you and celebrates with you i am the one that can do for you what nobody else can do i am the one that can change your heart and heal your regrets and your past pain i am he jesus says the resurrection changed Lazarus on this day, and he can change you. Amen? No matter what. The good news of the gospel is that Jesus has come. The better news of the gospel is that he still comes today for you and I. He still loves. He still changes he still blesses. He still forgives. He still heals. He still changes. He's still with you today, no matter what. Let's stand together.